Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Turn It Digest. My name is Alex, otherwise known as Fear the Z. And as always, we'll start with our disclaimer. I am not a financial or tax advisor. This is not financial or tax advice. This is for entertainment purposes only, but please enjoy. I know I said that last episode would be my last one of 2023, but I figured I'd open up the year 2024 with our 24th episode here. So welcome, everyone. I hope everyone had a nice Christmas if you celebrated and nice other holidays if you celebrated as well. I think we just had Kwanzaa and Hanukkah. I'm not great at holidays, but regardless, as always, if you want to support on Patreon, go head over to Patreon. There'll be a link in the show notes, as well as there's a referral page, which will have my referral links. And if you're interested in the intro music, that was Sweaty Lemon, which is my brother, and I've definitely heard a bunch of him while I was home in my parents' place for the holidays. His band plays at our house, so shout out to them. And we'll start off with our new... Patreon members, so we had Brett, Moe, and Brian join, welcome, and we also had an, another member of the community join the Cleed tier, so not only will it be saying Cleed's name every time we have these episodes, but it'll also be saying Kung Fewer. Kung has helped out with plenty of things in the past, including submitting some Apple Wallet rips for some images for my collection that I have growing, and just fielding some questions through the time, so... I've talked to both of them, and part of that tier comes a potential feature in an episode. So I'm going to talk to them to see if they want to have one, and I think that they're going to. But we'll see if that comes to fruition. Um, if you're interested, that tier is always there. If you want to give me $10 a month, shout out to both of you, and thank you immensely for the support. It it means a lot, especially during this time of year and giving thanks Um Thanks, everyone, for all, your, all of your support, whether you listen to me or you support monetarily. It means a lot. Um, without further ado, we'll dive in here. So first off, last episode, I shared my referral link to Monzo. And to my surprise, I, I got a bunch of notifications that y'all use my referral link. So thank you very much. Specifically, I'm not going to say last names, but I'll shout out y'all for using my link. There were two Davids, a Daniel, a Zach two members with the name R. They're kind of specific, so I want to stay them, and Andrew. So thank you all for using my referral link. Three of them have, have gone through, so those are $10 each, so 30 bucks. And then the other, I think four, haven't made their purchase yet. You have to sign up for the account, fund the account, and then make a purchase with the debit card for $10. So if you haven't done that and you're one of the people I mentioned to you, some of you I think have one day left. So if you want that free $10, do it. Otherwise... Oh, well, lost the 10 bucks. Um, but the referral link will be in the referral page if you're interested. It's just $10, but some people find the account useful. Next, or I guess not really next, but first off, I do hate the points guy, but it seems like they had a sort of an exclusive. Um, they shared that Capital One is to cut lounge access for venture rewards and for Spark Miles cardholders. So those of you who didn't know, their Capital One lounges that are in airports and they're they're really nice i give a review on them i think a couple episodes back but they originally were allowing you to access it if you had a spark miles card which is a business card a venture card not the venture x card i think that, that card is a 95 dollar annual fee and if you had a venture x card so the venture and spark miles i believe you're allowed to have two accesses in a year 
But effective January 1st, 2025, only Venture X cards will come with the benefit of being able to access the lounge. It looks like Venture and Spark Mile card holders can access Capital Lounges at a special rate of $45 for themselves and their guests. So the price is a little bit higher if you don't have those cards. So they do still get a little bit of a benefit, but it's not great. It's a bit of a bait and switch, if you ask me. I mean, announcing the lounges and saying that these cards have access. I'm sure there were customers that opened up these cards specifically because they would get this lounge access, and now they won't. So not great. It is nice they're giving a lead time of well over a year, so customers can do what they want. Maybe they can product change to a different product, the VentureX, if they're interested. And I think the Venture can go to VentureX, but I wouldn't recommend a product change for that. But for the Spark Miles, you're kind of just out of luck. But that's not a great change when i was there the lounges weren't too crowded my guess is they're anticipating the lounges to get a little crowded i know that the dulles lounge that i went to was a little bit on the smaller side i was kind of surprised it was it wasn't bigger there wasn't an issue with space but i thought it would be bigger but that's just the change happening to capital one lounges next a little bit off topic from churning but as someone who's in this space, I enjoy getting good deals on things, I guess, and maximizing the most bang for my buck. So originally, this started off as a post on our frugal mail fashion by myself 18 days ago. I frequent the subreddit pretty often. I'm an avid J. Crew buyer. I, I like the product that they sell when their prices are very heavily discounted, which they often do. Maybe like once or twice a year, they do a pretty large discount. So I shared 18 days ago that you can get 60% off sale with two different promo codes. I didn't know at the time, but the promo code good egg was one that I don't think it was supposed to work, but it was kind of just kicking around and this subreddit knew of it and was stacking it. It was able to combine with whatever promo they currently had going on. So I think sale time was 60% off and the good egg was 15% on top, which came out to 66% off total. And I picked up some good, pretty good items there. And then... Four days later, a user shared that J.Crew is doing 70% off when you share when you purchase three items or more at once with the code SALETIME. Now, this is when things kind of blew up. I think I logged on in the morning, and I'm just scrolling through Reddit as I do, and I, I have like five subreddits I frequent. It's build a pre sales, credit cards, churning, frugal mail fashion, and personal finance. Those are pretty much the ones that I kind of go to. Personal finance, not too much, but sometimes I just like the readily read what's there and I just happened to check in the morning for J Crew, and I saw this deal and I was like oh snap I spent the next 30 minutes going through and ordering a bunch of products that were great prices in my opinion which then led to my follow-up post which was my post-mortem post that I shared on the same subreddit where I just detailed my prices that I got all these products for. And some of them were fantastic deals. Like my, my favorite item that I got was there was this Harrington varsity jacket and corduroy. It's actually really nice. It's like a full corduroy jacket. You can see details in the links in the show notes if you're interested. But the color was deep petrol because, of course, it's some weird name. Um, it's like a lined corduroy jacket. It's actually really nice. Like the sleeves are kind of puffy. It's pretty well insulated. It's warm. It has a nice double zipper, uh, double side pockets, really well made. And it came out to, this was on the first deal, which was 66% off. 
it came out to the original price was three hundred dollars, and it's never a three hundred dollar jacket. I mean, it's a nice jacket, but I three hundred dollars is, is insane. But the the way these J Crew sales work is their original retail MSRP price is way too high. It was probably never ever sold at that price, but they just do that to make it look like there's more of a discount. And then they give you this sixty six percent off, so it came down to eighty one dollars and twenty six cents. And then while I was browsing Reddit before I made the purchase. I saw people were saying that there's Honey exclusive cashback, and I, I hadn't had an experience with Honey, but it basically, Honey's like another shopping portal. You basically add it as a Chrome extension, and they, Honey will offer specific rewards just for certain products. So this product, for example, had an exclusive $40 cashback offer through Honey. So I booted up, I downloaded the Honey app on my phone because I was doing this on my phone. I made sure I screenshotted the deal to, sh to show that it is $40 off. I made the purchase through the app just for the one product, just for this jacket, screenshotted my order details, my confirmation, and that was it. I didn't see anything tracking. They also do like a, a portal cashback of 3%, but I, that's not what I was really wanting. I was wanting this $40 off because it made the jacket, an $80 jacket to a $40 jacket, which is great. And I was looking through... Honey's terms. I was reading some horror stories online as well of people never getting their money from Honey and not being able to get their PayPal linked in there. But I had no problem with either of those, it turns out. Their terms say to wait two weeks, 14 days specifically, after your purchase to submit an email with proof of purchase and proof of discount. So I emailed them a couple of days ago and I said, hey, here's my order. Here's my order number, my order details. The product purchased screenshots of the Honey exclusive cash back as well as my confirmation. Can you please credit me the account? I think I sent this email on Christmas Day, maybe, or like Christmas Eve. And I got an email back on Tuesday. And the email was quite funny, actually. Yeah, I sent the email on December 24th, and they replied back on December 26th. They said, thank you for bringing this to our attention and for sending over the screenshots. Super helpful. I am amazed on how patient and cooperative you are in resolving this matter. And they were like, sorry, the offer didn't worry. Here's no worries. Here's your credit to your account. Thanks for using Honey. So I was able to cash out my pending $70 of exclusive offer points. So it, I just brought my purchase down even more. But I figured I'd share this. I get a kick. I, I, I don't know about I get a kick, but I enjoy getting good deals on this stuff and I mean if you look at my order I I said that I spent how much did I actually spend out of pocket uh price paid I paid three hundred dollars out of pocket half of the items not half but a lot of the items wound up getting canceled like there were some ten dollar sneakers yeah like New Balance 480 sneakers were ten dollars those were canceled by J Crew. they wound up canceling one of my three main orders which had some t-shirts some sneakers which wound up probably being like 60 bucks, but I didn't keep all this. One was a, a roll neck pink sweater that I gave to a friend for Christmas. Another one is a jacket that I'm giving a friend to Christmas. So some people on this post that I made of like the, the hall post were not super into spending this much. They're like, well, what's the point of buying all this stuff that's probably not going to fit anyway? And I'm like, well, I'm getting them on heavy discounts. Most things are 80 to 90% off. If they don't fit, I can either gift it to a friend or even bring it to Salvation Army, get some money back. I mean, for the prices I'm paying for these things, like a broken in t shirt for a buck eighty six, 
I, even if it doesn't fit, I, I'll figure something out to do for it's $2. But I figured I'd share this saga. I mean, again, I have a medium to share about this. So if this isn't something you care about, I won't share about it anymore. Feel free to let me know. But if you do care about it, um, I could even consider sharing this on the Patreon if people want some good clothing purchases that are on heavy discounts. This was like a once in a year sale that happens on J. Crew. And I think they made a mistake, which is why they canceled a bunch of orders. So I was super happy with it. The products came in. They're really nice, especially that corduroy jacket. But that's just a little something that happened to me over the last, last couple weeks. All right, next last episode, I shared about the Fidelity uh, CMA debit card where you can link to another one of your brokerage accounts and use that as the funding source if you overdraft on your CMA. Uh, user Boss Checker, I, I think they said they don't want to be shouted out, but I'm shouting them out, shouting them out anyway, shared a very helpful link to a Reddit comment that a official Fidelity community care representative shared detailing exactly how to set this up. So if I, anybody who did reach out to me via email asking me for more information about this, I shared this link already, so you should have it. But if you were interested, looked into it yourself, couldn't figure it out, I've shared a link now in the show notes detailing exactly how to set that up. I went through and I actually don't have any available funds, uh, available accounts to link to. I only have my CMA, a Fidelity Bloom, Fidelity, Fidelity, Fidelity Bloom Save and Fidelity Bloom Spend and a 401k account with them. So I don't have any other account that I could use to fund from. At least when I was going through and setting it up, I didn't have an option. So I'm probably just going to leave $1,000 manually bought SPACs in there and just fund it whenever I need it. I actually just recently had to use an ATM, so this came in useful. So I just have my Ally attached to my CMA, and I can push over money from Ally. I always keep some money in Ally anyway. But some users were also reporting that you can't do ATM withdrawals when doing this overdraft protection. I haven't had any experience. Like I said, I, I wasn't really able to set it up. Someone had just mentioned this, and I thought it would be useful to share, and now I have detailed instructions as well as my own personal use where I wasn't able to set it up. So definitely your mileage may vary, but if you're able to set it up and it works for you, I mean, that sounds great to me. All right. Next is a since expired lightning deal that I shared in the Patreon, but it was a DoorDash offer where you use code Endzone, and it was actually just available. I think it, Dr. Credit shared it on December 14th at like 8 PM and only worked until midnight that day. So I was able to order some lunch for the next day for $10 off, but that was very short-lived. So things like that are just, it kind of has to go on the Patreon. But I will note that there was another offer that they shared, which was 75% off with promo code DEC75. And looking through the comments, people were pretty upset with this discount because it didn't work. DEC75 um, it seemed like it was targeted for, I'm not sure where, but I tried a whole bunch of different restaurants and none of them. It said this restaurant is not included in this promotion. So maybe it was like some super niche place, probably some city in California and only for certain restaurants. But I just wanted to mention this because I, things I share on the Patreon are things that I've personally done and I, I can vet out myself. Oh, also, not even just Patreon, but things that I put on this podcast. I try and keep it things that I've, I've vetted out and that's kind of like a filter that I try and do on most of the stuff that I publish. I don't want it to come back to me and be like, well, you reported it or you, you mentioned it. 
and it didn't even work. So I just wanted to call that out that I try and have some, I don't know if integrity is the right word, but do have like a filter to try and not put out too much noise or misinformation on anything that's branded Fear the Z or Journey's Digest. Next, just a reminder that your quarterly 5% activations, it is time to do that. Chase next quarter is Discover Fitness Gym and Spa. I'll be using them for grocery. I said, I said, wait, I said Chase Freedom Discovery Fitness. It's Grocery Fitness Gym and Spa. I'll be using them for groceries. Um, I do have City Custom Cash Card, but I'll probably just use that for maybe live entertainment or something. For Discover, it's restaurants and drugstores. I will also be using that for restaurants. It's really useful because I have a Chase Freedom Flex card, which is a MasterCard, and the Discover card is obviously a Discover card, and both of them both of them work in Curve. And Curve, at least for now, we're closing in on the end of 2023, and they aren't locking up shop. They did send an email out about phishing, just like warning customers about phishing attempts, and the email seemed awfully fishy. They... It, it it just read odd, and they had some, like, weird hook going through the Curve logo. It was just not great. And they specifically said, if someone tells you to uninstall and reinstall the app, don't do it. But support often tells you to do that if you contact support, even though that would definitely not fix the issues that most users are having. But it was just a weird email. But those are the reasons why I'm using Discover and Chase for grocery and restaurants not respectively but strike it and reverse it and then if someone has a city dividend card okay first off if someone has a city dividend card kudos to you it's one of those cards that i I wish i can get but they're no longer offering second if you have a apple macbook that has touch id on it a fingerprint sensor please reach out to me i would love to get the card image for that it doesn't give any personal information I just would love to add that to the collection. I don't know of any high-resolution copies of that card image, so I'd love to get that. That card is offering Amazon and streaming, U.S. Bank, Cash Plus, as well as Elon. Those aren't changing. Bank of America is not changing. And then other smaller credit unions I don't really care about. I'm not going to read about. All right, next, uh, user Henry reached out to me in regards to, I think it was last episode, I was ranting about Uber pricing and how I think they're charging me more because I have Uber cash. But they reached out to me and let me know that Uber also looks at what phone model you're using. So I always have usually the latest device. I, As I shared last episode, again, I now have a Pixel 8 Pro, which is, it's nice. I mean, it's not much of a difference from the 7, to be honest. But for, I'm going to get it for 160 once I swell the old, sell the older one. Once I sell the old one on Swappa, I'll be doing that tomorrow. It'll come out to be like 160 total, so it's worth it. But since they look at your phone model, I always have probably the newer phone. And they will ding you more if you have a newer phone because they'll think you have more money because you get a new phone. So, I mean, I might even consider like bringing a a beater around with me. I mean, I have, back in my old days, I used to do, uh, oh God, what was it called? It was called Perk. I used to use Perk. If you know what Perk is, I mean, you're an OG head, but that's what really got me into churning. And that, through doing that, I got, I've had probably like 50 burner phones. And I think I still have those. Like, I think one of them is like a Moto G4 or something. 
and shit, if I can put, sorry, I don't mean to curse. If I can put Uber on that and just Wi-Fi hotspot my phone onto my Pixel and order it on that and prices will be half off. I mean, that sounds like a cheat code to me. I might try it next time to report back. Next, Apple is now selling, I just saw this and thought it was interesting. Apple's now selling, so Apple AirPod Pros, they have so many different versions now. They have the AirPod Pro first gen, AirPod Pro second gen, AirPod Pro second gen with USB-C, not lightning. And I'm sure some users are not too happy that they have a lightning Apple Air, Apple AirPod Pros while maybe they have an iPhone 15 and that has USB-C. Well, to solve that, Apple's now selling just the case for Apple AirPods Pros, second generation specifically, which has USB-C, and they're selling that for a whopping $99. And I think AirPods themselves, you can, I think they normally retail for like $225. Am I crazy? I don't even know where they have that on here. Uh, I definitely should have done this beforehand. I hate when I do this. Let me pause and get back to you. All right, I'm back. It's even worse than I thought. It's 250 for Apple AirPod Pros second gen with USB-C. You can normally get them for like maybe 170 on a good sale. But yeah, if you have AirPods already and you just want USB-C, I guess you could spend 100 bucks and just get the case. It actually looks like they're not even selling AirPod Pros without USB-C anymore, at least not directly on their site. So... I guess that's an option for you if you want to keep your headphones lasting a little bit longer. You save 150 bucks off retail, so why not? All right, next, there were some LiftGrip cards that were on sale. Unfortunately, one of these has expired, even though I took advantage of it. Costco had $100 gift cards for Lyft on sale for 80 I purchased two of those. I was running low on my Lyft cash. I don't know if they call it Lyft cash. But now I have 200 bucks in there. Often Lyft is a little bit cheaper, and I like to pick whatever's cheapest, so it's nice to have both. And Lyft's targeting some people with $25 off a $75 gift card purchase in-app. So according to Doctor of Credit, it should just be in your Lyft app as like a pink banner. So if you have that, hop on it. If not, oh well. Next, an update from episode 23 about the DraftKings promotion for... Venmo. I contacted support and explained to them that I satisfied the terms, didn't receive my my credit, what gives. Specifically, I contacted DraftKings support, and they were actually really quick to reply back. I think they replied back in the same day, and they, they gave me the credit. They posted it to my DraftKings account, so easy win. Next, we have I posted a new blog post on the site. This one is... Specifically, it was brought to my attention from Every Penny Evan. He has his own little blog where he posts stuff. He does a lot of spreadsheet stuff. Actually, some pretty useful information on there. So check it out if you are interested. But he was saying in our in the Simple Finance Discord that their Doctor of Credits blog post about credit card minimums, so the minimum required for you to have in rewards in order to make a redemption was very outdated. So I was like, hey, we have a large community here. We can make something. So I figured I'd share it here, bring some traffic to the site, as well as if you have any additional information that isn't currently captured on the blog post, please let me know. We have 
a bunch of card issue, issuers from Alliant to Capital One to FNBO to H.M. Bradley Rip to Wells Fargo and even broken down for specific cards. So like Barclays, for example, they have no minimum for most of their cards, but I know that the Arrival Premier does have a $25 minimum. So if you do have any information about some cards and you want to contribute, either comment on that blog post or reach out to me at Fear the Z on any medium available or email me at Turner's Digest and I'd be happy to update it. And I can even shout out if you're interested. Next, speaking of shout outs, I, I know some people have requested not to be shouted out when they join Patreon and that's not, that's by no means a requirement. I thought it would just be cool to say thank you when you do become a member of the Patreon, at least the $1 tier you'll be shout it out when you do join and then if you're in the cleat tier you could shout out every episode but those are totally optional i can fully not do it if you want just send me a message if you do feel like joining i could even just remove it from the patreon benefits i don't know if people like being shouted out i think it would be cool i mean if kai said my name on his podcast i'd probably geek out a little bit so that's why i'm kind of doing that if you're not interested i definitely don't have to shout you out but just doing that because I thought it's a, a cool gesture. All right, next is another update. This is specifically from episode 17, the travel episode, the Europe travel episode specifically, regarding the TAP Airlines dispute that I filed. So the timeline goes, October 10th, I filed the dispute for a duplicate charge on my Bank of America Premium Rewards Elite card. I will caveat all of this by saying I've been a long-time capital, um, a long-time Bank of America customer. I've had a credit card with them, I think, since 2014, and I currently have five credit cards with them, two bank accounts, and three brokerage accounts, two IRAs, one just standard brokerage account. So they are definitely incentivized to rule with me here. But I filed the dispute on October 10th, 2023, stating that I was charged a duplicate transaction. I remember when I originally filed it on the phone, I told them I'm not disputing the fact that the fact I'm not disputing the fact that the charge is incorrect. I'm disputing the fact that there's two charges. I was charged twice for the same purchase, which was extra baggage bringing out to an airplane because Tap Portugal has the smallest carry-on carry-on baggage requirements I've ever seen. But if you want to hear more about that, go to episode 17, December 14th. The dispute was marked closed, and it was specifically, I, this is what really made me go back at them and call up and, well, let me, let me get through my data points. All right, that same day I called to explain that it was in fact for the double charge, not the fact that the charge was re real or not. And then four days later on December 18th, the claim was resolved in my favor. So stepping back, if you don't remember, I was originally charged $131.69. Nice. This was actually 125 euros for a non-paid carry-on baggage that did not meet the size requirements from TAP. I filed the dispute. They got back to me, and they. I also, when I originally filed the dispute, I mentioned that I did not have any receipt. They didn't give me any receipt. All I did was tap my, my card on a little kiosk, and that was it. But they did get receipts. They have my name. They have my flight number. They have the charge. They have the POS item that was charged. They have my boarding 
passenger baggage listing that I do, did not declare a baggage and their terms on their site stating that I will be charged if I do not pay for it ahead of time. What I really didn't like was I also, it was super interesting. I've never gone through a claim like this. So I have never seen responses from a company where they're saying that the charge is valid. And I'm reading this and I'm on the phone with the representative and I'm reading through this and it says, this transaction corresponded as a face-to-face charge for an excess handbag made via POS chip and pin at a boarding gate on in October. This this is what really got me and which is what made me go back and file it again. This is written by TAP Portugal. It doesn't say who it is, but some representative there. This charge is non-refundable. Passenger was charged due to excess baggage. Therefore, this is a bad faith attitude from the passenger. And I read that. I'm like, bad faith attitude? you saying I'm, I'm just lying to you? you saying I'm just trying to get out of this charge? And I'm on the phone with the Bank of America representative. I'm like, hey, I'm just curious. Have you heard the term? Is this is this standard verbiage to have on a, a, a dispute like this? Bad faith attitude? And she was like, oh, my word. I can't believe that. That's so aggressive. Oh, I'm in shock. Sometimes these these foreign companies get a little disgruntled when Americans try and charge back things. So they, they can be a little curt in their verbiage. And I got off the phone with her. I was cracking up because I just thought it was hilarious that, that they said bad faith attitude. And then the representative was also flabbergasted that they use such terms. But, hey, four days later, I got my money back and I'm happy. So I, I don't plan on flying TAP again. I was not happy with the way I was treated at the gate, the way that they handled this dispute. I personally don't recommend them. I also did not like Lisbon Air- Airport. It was, I felt like I was in a zoo. It, it, there was also security at the gate. If you want to hear more, go to episode 17. But I figured I'd give an update on that. It's a happy update for me. I got my money back. All right. Next, Wealthfront, which I currently use as my main checking account, has a nationwide side of bonus available between 60 and $625. The requirements are a bit hefty. The deposits start at $25,000 and goes up to $250. And you have to hold those funds for three months. But if you're already going to Wealthfront and you do have a bunch of money, it's nice. I don't think there's any requirements aside from using the length of deductive credit post shared. So by all means, go through that. There's also the refer bonus, which gives you an additional 0.5% to their APY, which is currently 5%. So 5.5% for three months. Don't use my link because I'm already used up. I, you can only accumulate three months of additional 0.5%. And right now I think I have like two and a half months. So if you use my link, it isn't really worth it. I don't get much anything. So find someone else. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that give you a sign up bonus. But I really like Wealthfront. I now have my mom and my friend on it now that H and Bradley treated their customer customers like dirt. So hopefully Wealthfront doesn't do the same because I'll be embarrassed. All right. Next, Dr. Credit reported on the 20th that income is being sued over drained gift cards. And I thought this was interesting. This was, geez, this was, oh my God, I can't say it. This was specifically in the city of San Francisco. Wow. 
side tangent, if any of you listen to me on non-2x speed, or at least 1.5x, how do you do it? I can't listen to myself. I, I listen back to every one of these episodes, and I cannot listen to myself. I sound like I have a slur, and I swear, I, I don't think I do, but I listen back to my episodes, and I think I do. Maybe I just try and talk quick so I don't enunciate my words well, and I stutter and, and get stuck and stammer, so apologies for all of that. I refuse to edit these things. Anyway, the city of... City Attorney of San Francisco is suing income payments over customer scams. It sounds like the lawsuit alleges that uh, insecure cardboard packaging used cause rampant card draining and unauthorized transactions. It also alleges that income payments were aware of these problems for over a decade, did nothing to address it, and also refused to provide remedies for defrauded customers. Huge yikes. I don't specifically know what gift cards these are impacted. It sounds like maybe Saks Fifth Avenue was one of them some visa some vanilla gift cards and some other ones i'm sure uh u.s bank visa gift cards so it sounds like it was pretty widespread so i'm curious to see what happens with this case i know that i've seen a lot of people who buy gift cards there are ways to try and check the gift card you purchased to make sure that it's not fraudulent you make sure that there isn't a sticker over the barcode and make sure that the barcode is original the packaging is not tampered with Etc. But I figured I'd call that out. Next, we have an update and another update on a on a claim that I filed. So, an update from episode sixteen as well as twenty three. But sixteen, I think it's seventeen. I remember I said sixteen previously, but it's the Europe episode, and I didn't number that one in my notes, so I keep forgetting which one it is. But it's the the Europe trip one. I made purchase with Leica Mobile to get a SIM card with them. Charged three times. Didn't get any service. Reached out to support. Support was terrible. Filed a claim with PayPal. PayPal resolved all three in my favor. So nice. Next, user Fun Inevitable four three six nine shared on Reddit that there's a lawsuit against Capital One for bait and switch, which, like I mentioned before, they're sort of akin to doing. This lawsuit's only in California specifically, but it alleges that Capital One. It was deceptive in their marketing for Quicksilver, Saber One, Quicksilver and Saber One rewards credit card sign-up bonuses. So this is specifically, I'm pretty familiar with this flow, where in Capital One, you go to their site and they show you their best offer as if you have exceptional credit. They say, sign-up bonus for Saber One rewards, get $200 sign-up bonus when you spend $2,000. You go through the links, you apply for the card, and from my understanding, if your credit does not meet the requirements to receive that $200 bonus that I just referenced, they will show you a pop prompt and say, hey, you were not approved for the exceptional credit because you don't qualify. But if you'd like to accept this lower terms, let's say great credit instead of exceptional, the sign up bonus is $150 instead of $200. This lawsuit alleges that it was not clear to the customer and it was a bait and switch. I personally like the way that Capital One does it if they're being forthright and very clear with their terms. Just denying the customer because they did not meet the exceptional as compared to great, I don't think is a great option because you've already pulled the, the customer's credit. So you might as well offer them something since you've already dinged their report. I like lowering them, offering them a lower sign-up bonus. I'm sure most people will say yes to that being very clear and not deceptive with that 
is where this comes into play. So we'll see what happens. This was filed on August 10th. And if you were personally targeted by it, there's an 18-page lawsuit about it. I'm sure the law firm would love to hear from you. We'll see what comes up. Next, Service Credit Union is doing a $100 checking bonus. I personally did this. This availability is available nationwide if you join uh, ACC, but it, you're also able to just open up the account if you live in Massachusetts or New Hampshire. I put my data point in the thread as well, in the show notes as well. I opened this back in 2022, opened the account in February, did 10 Amazon reloads in March, contacted chat in, I forget when, sometime in between March and June. And then in June, I've reached back out to support saying that I did not receive the, the credit. And then four days later, they credited my account with the $100. So you might have to reach out to support and ask them if you've met the requirements and that you will get the rewards. You do have to wait two months after qualifying for the credit to hit, but they did eventually pay out. Their base savings account, I believe it is, also is 5% interest. It's just not 500 bucks, but I keep 500 bucks there because 5% is nice. All right. Next, we have another lightning deal that was posted on the Patreon, but has since expired. I think there were like two or three of these, but Top Cashback keeps doing these incentives where you activate on their site. You have like a day or two to spend $15 and get $2.50 back. I just keep buying gift cards. I'm getting them at like 20% off at this point, and... I actually just went and canceled Spotify Premium. I was on my mom's family plan, family plan for three of us, myself, my brother, and my mom, which is, I think, 17 bucks, And I had downgraded them to the duo plan for just her and my brother for $15, which you're really not saving much just because the family plan comes with six people available, but we're only using three. So the break-even is much better if you have more members in your family. So I downgraded them to save them $24 a year. And I'm using YouTube Premium, which comes with YouTube Music. YouTube Music's actually been fine. So I'm buying the long-winded way of saying my top cash back incentive purchases have been $15 Google Store, Google Play gift cards, which I can use for my YouTube Premium subscriptions. Oof. Those have since expired. They are very short-lived. It's usually like... You have 24 hours to, to use it. You can just buy a gift card right on their site. But if that's something you're interested in, check out the Patreon. All right, next. I saw this on Reddit. A user shared that they received a letter from Wells Fargo that some that one of their business cards was being converted to a Wells Fargo, Master, Wells Fargo MasterCard business credit card. They were going, they're going from Visa to MasterCard. So customers have no option to keep their Visa card. They're no longer offering Visa cards. They're switching completely over to MasterCard. So customers have the option of either transferring over to MasterCard or closing their account out. I thought that was interesting. You can read about it if you want. There were some interesting terms here. Um, you do have to uh, agree to the new terms for the rewards. I thought it was curious that... One of the FAQs that they said was, will there be any interruption in redeeming points? Point redemption will be unavailable during the conversion from February 10th, 2024 through February 15th, 2024. There's no impact to cashback rewards. 
five days seems like a long time. I don't know what they're having to transition for five days, but I guess they're giving themselves a little bit of buffer. You'd rather have more time than not. Next, we've got... I was looking at some CDs and figured I'd share, like, certified deposits. and figured I'd share some good ones that I saw. I'm listened to Powell. I forget exactly what he is. In the, he's the head of the Treasury. I don't know anything about politics. But I listened to his speech, and basically he was saying that rates will go down for interest rates. So I was looking at CDs to see what I can lock in. Some interesting ones that I saw for accounts that I do have open were, at the time of recording this, where Genesis, I think they're a credit union, they offer a 5.25% APY checking account when you do 10 debit card transactions of $5 or more. I just do cash app reloads, which work, and that's up to a 7.5K in the account, and that's been pretty steady from them, so that's why I use it. So when rates do finally go down, I think I'll still have that 5.25%. Anyway, they're offering a 5.4% seven-month CD or 5.25% for 13 months. DCU is offering for their mega CDs, which I think is a requirement of 20K minimum, has 5.25% for 12 to 24 months. I think it's 12 to 23 months, technically. Blue Peak is offering 5.25% for nine months and 5.1% for 12 months. And then Ally has 5.25% for 12 months and then 5.15% for 18 months. And I just advised my mom to get the 18-month Ally one. She has a good chunk of money put into Ally savings. And I was like, if you're not going to touch it for 18 months, just lock it up and save the rate because Ally savings right now is at 4.35%. So... I don't think it'll touch 5% if I'm being honest, and I think it's just going to go down from here, so locking that number up now is pretty good. Next, even though Kai took some time off from the Patreon, Kai, sorry, even though Kai took some time off from his podcast, The Daily Churn, he did a guest post on Miles Ernaburn, I think. Is that what that is? Yep, Miles Ernaburn. I actually don't read Miles Ernaburn. Maybe I should because I really enjoyed this read. This was about the Optimizer's Cursed, and it's actually a really good read. It discusses people who are in this space and are really into it, optimizers and maximizers. Definitely get caught up in wanting to exhaust every one of their possibilities for either researching something or doing something the most optimal way or getting the most knowledge about something before making a decision. And I definitely am incredibly guilty about this. But without summarizing this whole blog post, I think it's very worth a read. I use my phone to do like a, a speech to me, like speech to text of the whole po- of the whole blog post. It took maybe like four minutes for it to read to me, but I, I kind of missed his episode, so this was a quasi one. Definitely missed hearing his voice read it and not some robot. But some highlights that I liked <laughs> was a line that made me chuckle was. Well, the time you won 25 stars playing the Starbucks game flashed before your eyes before you're going to bed. That, that definitely resonated to me because I, I did the Starbucks game for like a day. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm getting like 25 points, which is worth like half an espresso shot, which already is worth $2. So this was what a, a chance of getting $1 for playing some dumb app game that works half the time and I have to watch ads. That's not worth it. 
but something that wasn't as funny, but I definitely need to take to heart is this is taken verbatim from the from the post buzz, but it says if you've ever had to suffer through corporate indoctrination or took biology, there's a principle you may be before, you may be familiar with, the Pareto principle, which says twenty percent of the work often yields eighty percent of the results. Viewed another way, you spend eighty percent of your time squeezing out the last twenty percent of the juice. And then Kai later goes on to say, so this holiday season, I'm advocating for being a little less optimal to put in 20% of the effort for 80% of the results. Let's let to let go of opportunities that aren't worth your time to maximize less, to do less, to feel yourself, to free yourself from reminders, your calendar, your self-imposed mind palace of deadlines and commitments to break the optimizer's curse through satisfaction, 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 whatever, good enough. I, I'm reading through this and remembering little excerpts that the voice said to me that I, I really resonated with me. I just really, if you're decently into the turning space, definitely read this and try and take a step back and look back at your year past. It's it's nice to see how much money you've made from doing these things, but it's very time consuming. And when people are like, "Oh, how do you have time to do this?" I'm like, "Oh, it's a hobby. I do it in my free time." Like it's it's most of my free time. I sit here. I refresh Doctor of Credit. I read through the daily discussion thread on churning. I read through the our credit cards. I'm in my work channels talking about personal finance stuff. It, it takes up a lot of time. I enjoy doing it, but at some at some point, you're spending eighty percent of your time to just get twenty percent of the juice. Definitely read his post. It, it was. Very nice to read, and it's, it's, it's a good reminder for this time of year. All right, we're getting up to the end here. This is a very long episode, so apologies, but I mean, I know when Kai posts a long episode, I that meme with like the pulling out the the, the lounge chair, like, oh, baby, this going to be good. Yeah, I, I enjoy the long ones, so hopefully you enjoy this one too. We only have a couple more bullets here. If you remember from episode 11, some old heads, New Jersey recently passed a bill governor murphy passed a bill that restaurants are not allowed to make a profit on the credit card interchange fees that they're charging customers a lot of places are charging like four percent i'm like five percent for credit cards i know for a fact they're not that high and they're just pulling the wool over customers eyes being like oh it's the interchange of those darn big banks meanwhile they're paying like two and a half three percent they're making two percent on these things but restaurants are starting to get fined over it so a publication by the tasting table reported that some restaurants are starting to get fined which is nice to read specifically the article mentions that new jersey division of consumer affairs spent over a full year tailing these businesses to catch their pattern of unlawful practices and are now imposing penalties ranging from 500 to four thousand dollars 12 restaurants were also sanctioned for refusing to accept cash payments if you're using to accept cash payments, that's not something you see every day. So they're charging three to five percent for credit cards and then not taking cash. <laughs> Alrighty then. So that's interesting. Also, they note that some states are trying to phase out being able to tip on credit, which is odd. I, I guess it's because you then take have to, you have to take interchange out of the tip. I don't know how that works. I guess you do have to take interchange out of the tip. So those. Restaurant workers are making less, like 3% less than cash, which kind of sucks for them. 
but it looks like 16 restaurants were fined. So I I think that's a great thing. You should not be charging these exorbitant fees. And also the bill states you have to state a clear and conspicuous notifications to customers about these fees. So stop offloading these prices, these fees onto customers, but not just that, but making a profit on it. It's a bit ridiculous. Next, I went through and I made some updates to the card designs blog post that I have. Sorry if you heard that. That's my phone reminding me to go to bed. I made an update to my blog post that has my credit card designs. Just some stuff that have been kicking around for a little while. I uploaded on there and (laughs) the Bank of America decided to change their customized cash rewards card designs. Not in a big way, but they decided to on the digital card, the Apple wallet rip, it now has a recycle symbol on the card. They've recently started issuing their cards with, I think it's like 60 or 70% recycled material. I mean, if it's whitewashing, I don't know. Who knows? Or greenwashing, is that what it's called? But having the recycled image on the digital wallet card is a bit aggressive. Obviously, your digital wallet card isn't recyclable. I get you're trying to say you're recyclable, but it's pretty in your face. I think you don't do that. That's ridiculous. All right. Third to last bullet. Prem Video sent an email out today reminding customers that starting January 29th of 2024, Amazon Prime Video, even if you have Amazon Prime, which is $130 a year, they will be starting to show ads on Amazon Prime. And if you want no ads, you have to pay an extra $3. I can't believe a company like Amazon is nickel and diming people like this. They're making so much money already. But okay, not really much we can do. Dr. Credit's reporting that built is having rent day for January 2024 which includes 75 to 150% transfer bonus to Flying Blue, Virgin and IHG and more. I don't personally use built but figured I'd share that. And finally, our last bullet here. The Discover the Discover Savings sign up bonus is back. Reminder if you haven't done this before, they've done higher ones in the past and that aggregate deposits count so if you deposit 2000 withdraw 2000 deposit 2000 withdraw 2000 add that up to say 20000 you qualify for the 20000 even though you haven't transferred in 20000 all right i think that might be my longest episode ever and it's our last episode of 2023 thank you very much all for listening thank you kung fewer thank you cleed thank you to all the patreon members and thank you to all you listeners doesn't matter if you give me money or not. It really means a lot to see that y'all enjoy the content and like listening. So thank you very much. Have a wonderful new year. And this time I actually will see you next year. All right, y'all. Have a great one.